Awesome. So welcome today. This is you're my first episode, Harold Evans from Arenda Technologies. Welcome to my new podcast. Let's talk about pools with Lauren Broom from Space Coast Pool School. And I just want you to uh, introduce yourself a little bit, uh, Harold. So I'm Harold Evans. Um, uh, I am a lifelong service provider in the pool repair business with a pool surgeon since 1984. Um, I got involved 10 or 12 years ago in Arenda and the chemistry of swimming pools and I guess the rest is somewhat history. Um, we continue to operate our company from uh, with family, less me these days, um, and the pool surgeon's alive and well and running service calls like that we have uh, since the mid 80s. So, um, Arenda is, uh, is my midlife crisis. For some people, they buy Harleys. I got involved. My family was raised and, you know, being a change agent for, um, the pool business. And, um, that's that, I guess that that's just, I, I prefer to not talk a lot about myself and more talk about the change and, and the industry, but, uh, I, we're, we're a huge pool family. We have uh, brothers and sisters and sisters-in-laws and brother-in-laws and, you know, we're a, we're a family operation and, um, you know, I'm getting toward the end of my career a little bit. I'm 65 these days, so I'm less involved than I used to be, but I can't put it down. So that's as much as I need to talk about me. You're still quite involved, though. I see you at the Orlando Pool <laughs> Show at least every single year. We always give each other a, a hug every single year. Well, as I told you before we came online today, um, I've always had an affinity for the responsible nature of public health and how it affects our industry. And so I did have a, a bias with you because you were a public health official, as in were now. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I always love that because I think those are the stewards of our industry in many ways, if it's a CDC or pub local public health. And your enthusiasm and willingness to help other people and teach people was something that it's probably a good thing that uh, you're out doing your thing your way. Um, but I always have had a thing for public health people and how they protect us, in my opinion, the same way that the NSF does and other governing bodies if they're functioning properly. So I always enjoyed you because of that. You, you were always a public health official in the background. So that's, those are good people in my view. Thank you very much. And I, I'm so happy to hear that you view public health officials in such a positive way. I know. Uh, so this is going to be kind of just personal question more. I know you okay. like to, I know you like to travel. Mm -hmm. So before COVID, what was the coolest place that you had recently traveled to that you really Gosh. enjoyed? Well, I think the Rose and I took four trips to Europe before COVID in the same year. I think four or three. I don't remember. Um, I wished I'd gone to Italy a long time ago. Um, it was my first trip, uh, not to Europe, but to Italy and the Amalfi Coast. And I probably my favorite place that I've been up until now would be Banff in Canada. And, and that's been a lot of years ago and in the Amalfi coast of Italy, which is just like the postcards look. So but we're hoping, hoping to get some more travel in. I'm pretty, 
I haven't been out since March, and uh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to turn it up. <laughs> Getting a little antsy. And COVID. Way, COVID, way antsy. <laughs> COVID, COVID, go away. All yes. right. So you've talked a little bit about Arenda, but I wanted you to tell me more about Arenda Technologies and your company and, and what the mission is of your company and, and what you are trying to accomplish with Arenda. Well, our tag is to change the way the world thinks about water. And I think that... Um, in a nutshell, um, we've tried to be educational change agents in understanding the dynamics of water management and maybe digging in a little deeper and figuring out not so much what to do, but why. I think one of the things that's missing in our education is people like rules because they're comfortable. Uh, the problem is the rules don't always fit the circumstance of where you are. So range chemistry is a concept goes out the window if you're paying attention to the saturation index, the LSI. And mm -hmm. I think a big part of what we're doing through education and through our app and other things that we have out there is to try to help people understand that the things we've been chasing, you know, I feel a level of betrayal that I've been chasing them and I've been instructing my family members to chase them. And it's sort of personal to me that we kind of taught them the wrong thing. Uh, we didn't show the proper order. So my message to the industry is uh, stop hanging on to rules that may not apply to the circumstance you find yourself in and um, pay more attention to the interplay of all the factors that, that look at water. So water basically is segmented into um, sanitation, which is clear cut, and then um, corrosion management, if you will, uh, water quality. And they're two different things. And, you know, we can't treat water in the winter the way we treat water in the summer. And I didn't know that. And I was in the business 25 plus years when I started to figure that out. That's an embarrassing fact. Uh, since I probably had 100,000 repair invoices under my belt at that point. So it's no shame in the fact that there's things I've learned along the way that I now feel an obligation to provide other people, um, which is what Arenda I think has become or is becoming which is um, you know, just kind of illuminating the science of our industry uh, in a constructive and learnable way and not in an arrogant and condescending way that, um, that there's things that we have been mismanaging and we didn't know any better. Some, maybe some have, some smarter than me, but now that I know these things, I feel an obligation to let the world know that we need to look things differently. So Arenda is changing the way the world thinks about water because water uh, is one of the few things, for example, when my kids were growing up and they became teenagers, I could either snow ski with them or swim with them. And I became the most important guy in their world, which is, <laughs> a, that's an interesting thing to try to maintain with a teenager. But, uh, you know, pool water is an amazing family tool. And for us to uh, relegate this to shortcuts and convenience and, and not thinking about the people that are in it, it is a problem for me and being a grandparent of, you know, seven kids, it's even more personal to me. So I think we need to create water that's safe, water that feels, tastes and smells good. And is you, we're using minimal approaches as opposed to overdosing pools with things to try to make up for uh, some shortcoming or some short cut that we created mm -hmm. to try to make it easier for us as pool service people. So 
my challenge to the pool service industry, and I really see this happening, is either you become more relevant and understand what you're doing or you're going to be run by. Uh, we have noticed in our educational program, which is available on our app and it's free, uh, Four Pillars and Academy, that we have an increasing number of homeowners that are becoming more savvy to pool water chemistry management than the people that are serving them. And that's a cautionary note. You know, if we're not providing aptitude um, that provides comfort for our customers, that we're doing what we should be doing, they're going to find it out. So it better be you that brings that information to your customer and not them figuring it out on their own. Uh, and then you arguing with them about what you do and why. So uh, I'm amazed at the, that the wealth of desire there is for consumers to understand their water chemistry. And 10 years ago, none of this was available to anybody. So we kind of had control yeah. of the narrative. Yeah. That's changed. You know, our customers, uh, our mutual customers, our pool customers as a whole, uh, have the ability for nothing to sit in their home and learn as much or more than I knew for the first 25 years of my existence in the pool industry. So the whole education, the whole education piece has really changed a whole lot with the technology. I mean, we're sitting here talking like we're in the same room. And now that's added more educational opportunities, I believe, like you're saying to the consumer out there where they're going to know more and try to keep their pool water healthy and safe. Well, I think we controlled the information historically, and that's no longer the case. That's the, that's the fundamental shift. And so you thinking that you can behave or think like a bully because you know everything or that you know something um, is no longer the case. And I think you have to assume people know more than they knew those many years ago and be cautious. I, I think one of, if I were to be critical of our industry about one thing, it's, it's, it's certainly not in the case of the education that we provide because of financial imposition, because it's free, it's pretty hard to exceed that as cost savings. But I, mm -hmm. I still think we have a struggle with taking educational courses and, and advancing ourselves. And I don't know whether it's because a lot of us, you know, weren't big school people. Most people in the pool industry, you know, were not, I mean, I, I you know, I struggled in school when I was a young person uh, because I had learning differences. And I think a lot of us do in the pool industry have dyslexia and other things that change the way we learn. But for whatever reason, and, and by the way, our trainings tried to address that. That's why we do videos. That's why we, um, express it in short pieces. Um, but it's a shame. That's, the wonder, number of that's people, wonderful. You know, the people that sign up to educate themselves and the number of people that finish is disappointing to me. So if I were to challenge the pool trade in any way, whether it's arena training or CPO or whatever it is, gosh, be the master at your space. If you want more value for what you do, you have to know more. You know, you pay more for a specialist than you do a general practitioner in medicine. So if you're going to go out and try to make a living and optimize your living, then education is the one advantage that's neutral for everybody. But you have to click the button. And yeah. that's my challenge to others is quit postponing your betterment because you're busy, quote unquote. Because exactly. maybe one of the reasons you're busy is you're chasing your tail because you don't totally understand something. So I think that I get calls every single day thanking me for opening up and making simple the understanding of somewhat complex subjects 
And, and so my, my challenge to the industry is whether it's our training or, or, or major manufacturer training like Panera and Jandy and Hayward or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you're out of your mind if you're not taking advantage of this stuff. It's free, for goodness sakes. I mean, I had to fly to California from Texas to get training in the Calista days, and it cost me, you know, several thousand dollars to do that. All you got to do is turn on your computer screen, click a button. So and somebody's there and you can either yeah, train with I mean, pre-recorded trainings or yeah, or in person like CPO class or anything like that. Well, our industry is still a little bit stuck on the idea of, you know, and you see it in the forums a little bit where somebody comes up with a brainstorm idea that may or may not apply and it goes viral and, you know, this whole conversation ensues and I don't know. I mean, um I think that, you know, maybe we're looking for five seconds of fame a little bit as an industry, but it seems as though we're chasing um, witchcraft and wives tales of people's anecdotal experiences. I mean, people call us all the time and say, hey, I think your product does this or that. And it's like, I wish. Uh, (laughs) There's nothing that supports that. So hunches are not a way to perpetuate professionally a training. If, If our physicians all had a different way that didn't agree on anything. How would our healthcare look? So we as an industry need to be trained by the people that provide these products. And it needs to be free in my opinion, as we've done and provide the vehicle for confidence that people understand how to interact with these products. And so while we were talking, we're on that track of education. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about the Arenda Academy and the four pillars so that the pool technicians and pool industry uh, people that are listening to the podcast will know a little bit more about that free training that you guys offer on your site. Well, I think um, it's kind of interesting. I've seen people, especially people that have been around a while, try to skip certain parts of it, whether it's skipping parts of videos or which by the way, you can't do with us because if you don't complete the interval, you don't get to move on. But, um, that's as much snooping as we do is to make sure that you're doing what you're asked to do and not skipping things yes. on you. Um, you know, don't tell me you watched the whole video when you didn't. Um, but I think importantly is they sometimes skip things thinking they're more advanced. And what I found for even grays like me is that some of the training in the most basic format, for example, uh, the way we uh, put chemicals in a pool, we're still, there's all kinds of anecdotal, the advice people make about putting things in the pool, but there's some real sound reasons to do things in a particular way. So Academy is a basic course, but I'm telling you right now as an almost a 30 plus year veteran of the pool industry, yeah, I, through this research and through the work we've done, I we're doing things differently than we do before, before we put out these videos. And so don't skip this thing, do it in order. Academy is designed to kind of push the refresh button on the way you do things in general. And then four pillars is a complete um, breakdown of what, and, and more importantly, why we do what we do. So I think sometimes we throw things at things, hoping that it will work. And whatever we did last is what caused the outcome. Well, in many cases in water chemistry and a lot of things, it's a cumulative thing, right? So what you did today may be in conjunction with four other things you did, who knows which of those four affected the outcome you were looking for. So. I think we try to dig into, you know, subjects like oxidant demand, 
the, uh, the presence of metals in the water and how it impacts what we do. You know, we have a real affinity with using metals as an algicide in the pool industry, which I'm against, uh, because I think there's better ways to do it. Um, I think that if we um, inform our customers, they think the same thing. So um, Academy is designed to be taken first. Four Pillars is designed assuming that you saw Academy and that you got past some of the habits. And I have friends, ex including people that are experienced, people in the industry, that take it and still go back and do the things they've done. I hope that changes. Um, we have a video that came out recently that was a video that showed what happens with acid when you put dye in pure acid versus diluted acid. I saw uh, that. Pure acid drops like a rock. Well, that's what it's doing in your pool in front of a return or not. So the simple step of diluting acid is huge undertaking. The way it affects alkalinity balance, the way it affects, you know, the whole idea of the myth, which I perpetuated, uh, of column pouring and its benefit was nothing more than a shoot myself in the foot with a shotgun in terms of destroying my surfaces I was treating and trying to address exactly. something in a faster way uh, that was destructive. And I think you know, the thing I've tried to tell my children in our business is I don't want to hear what's faster. I want to hear what's better for the customer and better for the outcome. If it's faster, great. But this idea of speed expedition getting out of the backyard, it's going to be the death of this industry if we continue to think that way. Because people are going to become annoyed because they all have, you know, video cameras. They all see yep. what we're doing anymore. Yep. And you spend five minutes in a backyard, it doesn't matter what your rate is. People feel that they're underserved. So, you know, having information, having a process that takes a little more time has more value. And so... You figuring out how to treat 150 pools a week, which is insane. Right. Is the an industry, insurance policy for failure. Yeah. And so the training, uh, Arenda Academy that we mentioned earlier in the four pillars, that can be found. Can they watch that on the website and through the Arenda app if they have it on their yeah. cell phone? Uh, all the all the mediums that they want. You you we make it easy. That's um, that's awesome. A sneak preview, we have another one coming. I hope that we'll have uh, by the first of the year. And of course, I think uh, just to give you a little hint, um, there's a lot of conversation going on about how we start pools up these days. And I think we're gonna get to a place of having a module that uh, helps people understand how to do startups and how to understand what the consequences of their uh, actions are. And um, looking at our our startup process in a different way, which I think uh, I, I, get, well I get asked a lot of questions when I'm teaching my CPO classes about startups, you know, so that'll be a very good training. Thank you for that hint coming along. Yeah. So, I mean, plaster dust is the enemy of the startup person. Yeah. And what I will tell you is if you have plaster dust in your pool to start with, um, startups already happen and the degradation of your surface has already begun. Dust, dust is evidence of failure. So if you're getting dust in your pools and it's plaster dust, it's calcium hydroxide, um, mm -hmm. managing it after the fact, burning it whatever way you do, it, it's not cool. And you've taken away from that surface. So I think there's a shift going on in our industry away from the idea. I mean, think about it logically. How can acid, the opposite of alkalinity, be a cure for an alkaline product? Uh, makes no sense. I mean, exposing surfaces prematurely to heavy doses of radical chemistries is, is not a, it's not a good sound strategy. And 
I know we've done it, no disrespect, man, but a lot of the problems that we're facing that quote unquote become startup problems were problems long before the startup guy ever showed or gal ever showed up. That dust was already out. It had already been pulled out of the wall and now we're trying to figure out how to cope with it. It's not a, it's not a plaster startup. It's a coping process. And quite frankly, it's the reason a lot of people don't do startups is because of the fear of the liability and all the grief that goes with it. And I think that having a solution for a less aggressive startup is, is a future positive for the pool service industry. Uh, I, I see I think, there huge opportunities. Yeah, there. I think that that training would be good because it, then they're gonna be, hopefully, if they can take the training and it's a less aggressive approach to new startups, maybe uh, more pool companies will be willing to do the startups because they won't be as scared because they've gotten their education through uh, Arenda on the startups and, and it's, not going to be that aggressive method that it sounds like the pool industry has been doing for a while. So the industry basically has sold um, startup in many cases to builders and plaster companies as a free service to try to gain a pool on service. And it's a flawed strategy. Um, The reality is that startup, like a lot of processes, involves a lot of additional activity. And when you skip those in order to gain a customer, you're inheriting the outcome. So doing the startup for free um, is a formula for failure because it, it tempts you to shortcut processes. Um, and I always tell my startup friends, if you don't get to turn the water on and control the first drop of water that hits that pool surface, you're not doing a startup. It's, it's over. I mean, it's already yeah. started. Um, it's raining in Dallas right now. So if you had a pool that you were starting up and you were filling, and you were doing it the Arenda way and you weren't getting dust, guess where you'd have the transfer of the white that you see that you think is scaled that's not? It would all be where the rainwater hit that wall, not where the pool water was filling. So yeah. rainy, rainy day uh, fills have, have a, because what's the calcium level in rainwater? It's none. Exactly. So calcium hungry water hits your wall, it's going to change the appearance of your surface. And I had a pool builder down in San Antonio, it's a pretty famous one who told me the story of his fill and basically um, the rain hit and he saw exactly at what level my pool of rain hit because above the fill level was the transfer of calcium hydroxide from the uh, rainwater and below the water level was perfect. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So unless we're going to start tinting our pools and I know you live in Florida where it rains all the time, it's challenging to figure out how to fill a pool. You know, yeah. you think the startup person is responsible, but it was the rain that caused the transfer and not the startup person. Um, because, you know, we, we, we filled, filled a pool in a condition like that. So um, I do hear a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, I don't want to do all these steps because it's too much trouble. And if you've ever talked a surface off the cliff of managing dust for months, you realize that time is none compared to the amount of time you spend undoing all the things that exactly sometimes the right way is the longer way to do it versus initially yeah the quick the quick way isn't always the best way i i can see where you're going yeah months at a time later you're still managing a problem right so don't tell me you put no time into it you just are so conditioned to the idea that you got to keep going back there and dealing with this you've you know in a trance the reality is if you'd spent the time to set a tank up and fill it 
with yep. calcium rich water that's chelated, it wouldn't have happened. And you wouldn't be chasing your broom around the pool to the same extent. Take a little more time in the front end and then you might not be chasing your tail afterwards constantly. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we're finding, and I've had a guy call me the other day that um, from Hawaii, he's a firefighter, and he paid the freight on our barrel to Hawaii, and he's going to sell the barrel to his pool service guy afterwards, so he just had to pay the freight to get his pool filled the way we did it, and we do it, and I talked to him yesterday, his name's, he actually posted something with him the other day, Bill, and he said, I just, you know, this is amazing. I mean, uh, this has made my life so much better. My surface looks amazing. So change is coming, you know, we can fight it and we can talk about whatever remedy we have, but I'm against the idea of exposing surfaces. You know, I hear stories of, uh, of adding who knows how much from anywhere from a gallon per 3000 gallons that fill of acid, which is crazy to me um, to more than that. Um, wow. I just, I just don't see any way that you can tell me that a, a, a fresh surface is like ICU. It's like PDICU for a child. Right. You know, you're, you're at the most critical formula, formula, formulating stage of development and you flash it with radical chemistry. So it, it doesn't add up to me. It puts it in shock. Yeah. We're, yeah, it is. So I want to ch change, uh, uh, switch out a little bit and get into your chemicals because as a former public health official I was very aware that a lot of your treatment chemicals you went through the process of getting them NSF ANSI standard 50 standardized which not all specialty treatment chemicals usually get that designation so tell me a little bit about that why that was important to you why you guys pursued that NSF ANSI uh, certification for your chemicals and what that probably means to the pool technician. Well, the, the way that's standard now was actually one of the developers of the expectation. I didn't do the work, I did the expectation. The Model Aquatic Health Code last year, I think, uh, adopted uh, narrow vote at somewhat at the objection of the overall manufacturing trade um, adopted the requirement that additives that are put in commercial swimming pools uh, should have standard 50 or standard 60 certification uh, or EPA, I believe is the three de designations. And so the reason that you should be concerned about that is that um, providing the empty assurance that everything's going to be okay I'm a believe and verify person, and I know you as a public health official hoodwink and want to dig in a little bit to see what's going on. So what NSF does is they, they audit, they test, they QC, they review manufacturing practices. They're very intrusive in determining if the products that you provide, in particular additives and pools, have toxins or things in them that could, could be a disadvantage to someone being exposed to it. So, you know, you don't know without NSF whether your product has lead in it or if it has some other impurity that you are unaccounted for. Um, you know, for years we used uh, early on melamine, the reactive for cyanuric acid, yep. which is incredibly poisonous and toxic. 
when reacting yeah. to uh, cyanuric acid and it warns you when you look at the test kit, it tells you that. But we were putting raw melamine in pools to remove cyanuric in pools. That's insane. That, that practice should have never ever been allowed to, to expose bathers to a toxin at that level. And it was sold all over the country. Um, you know, putting ammonia in pools that's not, you know, regulated properly. There's just a yeah. lot of things that the public deserves uh, protection from. And if it's in the form of dosing, it's in the, in, in the case of pools, it's the repeated adding of products over time. So if you have a, a cumulative metal, for example, and you put in one dose, you have one level of metals. And then if you keep putting it in, guess what? It accumulates. Right. So maybe, maybe it was fine to begin with, but the longer it stays in there and doesn't go away, the more accumulation there is. And I hear, you know, oh, it's chelated or whatever. Come on, I'm in the chelation business, okay? Chelation is a temporary state. You can't permanently chelate anything, okay? Things eventually, especially heavy metals, stay in the water forever until you backwash them out. So this idea that they magically disappear is not true. So right. the reality is that these kinds of things are part of the consideration for this validation. Um, one of the problems, which is unfortunate, but you know, you kind of have to take things for what they are. There are people that have spent money to have standard 60, which is drinking water certification, and they deserve credit for exposing themselves to that scrutiny. We actually had both for the longest time. We just never, it was an expense that we didn't, gaining benefit from it was actually because right. Florida required that to begin with. Um, but the problem with standard 60 drinking water certification is it's not accumulated dose. So drinking water certifications are a single pass and out standard. So there's a chance that something doses, it begins to become problematic in accumulation. So I think the reason for, I mean, to me, NSF is like the good housekeeping seal of, you know, of cooking or whatever. It's, it's the idea that we're testing to make sure there's not anything unmentioned in, in the product. And there's, I don't know, six or eight pages of toxins they test for. And right. if it's found that you have one of these contaminants, you have to fix it. And if you don't, then you lose the mark. So it's, it's a pretty important thing. Uh, they audit how you handle your paperwork. They audit lot management they made us a better manufacturer quite frankly but the reason i did it as a company was we wanted parity with bigger companies and we were a small company so nsf confidence in quality purity if you will or the absence of contaminants right. was an advantage that was important to us as a small company Make so sure i'm glad that it's adopted in go ahead yeah I, i'm glad that the model aquatic health code adopted that um, the trick will be enforcement and whether people are going to comply. But I think over time, what's going to happen is when the lawsuits start flying, that's going to be the question the lawyer asks you in the deposition is, you know, what I noticed there's a, a standard here for NSF certification. Did you use non-certified products and why did you decide to do that? So right. they'll come a recoil over time. It'll take years, but eventually um, it will become part of the overall uh, practice and I think the model quarter health code while it's imperfect is is a is a beautiful living document that helps us make higher quality safer better pool water and better I, facilities I, I have overall. to agree, I have to agree with that knowing that there are some states that don't regulate public swimming pools exactly like 
Florida that that I used to work for. Um, we have an awesome state code, awesome people um, with the Department of Health down here. And I know they've worked on the model aquatic health code as well and, and have contributed to it. It's a wonderful code for those pool technicians out there that don't know what it is. It was created so that states could adopt it if they did not have their own pool public pool code so that they didn't have to put the work in to write their own code. So it made it easy. And I think we're already starting to see those. We're already starting to see those benefits, Lauren. Um, I've actually been contacted by uh, several different states, not to be specific, who are doing that. And it, it's really a plug and play thing, right? It, it's, it's a huge document. It's federal. Um, and, you know, it's imperfect. I mean, you could criticize any document, just like people criticize NSF, I hear that. Yep. Um, you know, well, welcome to life. Nothing's perfect. But it's a hell of a step in the right direction to try to do the right thing. And by the way, to plug, Bob Vincent, your chief public health official in Florida that gee, you worked in directly with was one of the more responsible people in the country in that regard. Great yes. respect for Bob Vincent. Yes, me too. Me and too. He was he was he was one of the people that was pushing NSF certification and the MAC. Uh, early on when it was controversial to some extent, because let's face it, manufacturers don't really like the idea of being told what to do. Uh, and nobody likes it, I guess, to some extent, but um, the Mac is a good thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's an imperfect, but it's the best thing out there going. And if every state in this country adopted the Mac, we'd have a better country. So a couple other things I wanted to uh, talk with you about. Um, while we're on the topic of your pool chemicals, is there any new exciting pool water treatment chemicals that Arenda is working on that you're maybe coming out soon? You can kind of give us a hint. You know, we, we being minimalist, we're kind of slow to slow to move when it comes to new. Um, new and improve normally is code for, we tried this for a little while, it's been in our sales reps pools, and we're pretty sure it works, but we'll let you know. We're much more cautious about how we do things like that. So if we're going to sell anything that's got to be NSF certified, there's quite a process involved for us to make sure. Um, you know, we came out, Clarifier came out um, after I took ownership of this company. And, um, you know, it took a couple of years for us to get over the hump on how we would clarify and with what products and, and how we brought it to market. So, you know, our clarifier, for example, has a little bit of enzyme in it, which I think makes it remarkable. It's chitosan based and it's NSF certified. So we're kind of interested in the space of metal management. Um, while we're in the chelation business, chelation being the isolation of uh, metal molecules, which include calcium, by the way. <coughs> um, I'm interested in products that remove metals without phosphonic acid and other byproduct problems and we're exploring some of those avenues um, as we speak. I think it will always be beneficial when you look at oxidant demand, for example, in the case of iron, which is a big problem in the country, especially a, a problem in Florida um, and in the Midwest. Um, anything that pulls iron out of the water and manganese and zinc is a good thing. Uh, and chelating it by itself is probably not enough in my opinion. So any product that you use to pull those metals out is good. Now, one of the things that people don't realize is some chemicals that uh, sequester um, 
or chelate metals are, are not capable of separating what they chelate or, or what they uh, sequest. So um, sometimes if you're trying to pull things out and sequesters are generally clustered to pull things out, um, it doesn't know how to distinguish calcium from, for example, iron or copper. So while you're getting metals out, you're also pulling out essential metals, which calcium right. is. So in Florida, where you are, very well, the whole country, honestly, is calcium deficient by and large by plaster standards. So products that take calcium out are not beneficial, in my opinion, because calcium's a benefit if managed properly in the saturation index. It actually helps you, doesn't hurt you. Right. Um, that's another myth that I've learned along the way is I always thought calcium was a four-letter word. I never realized it could help me, and it took me several weeks to get over that notion when the research first came out for us. I was completely shell-shocked by the idea that calcium was in any way my friend. So uh, having a product that takes calcium out isn't, be isn't beneficial. So while we're talking about water balance, that's going to bring in, let's talk a little bit about your app, which is very popular amongst the pool industry. Um, I know a lot of people that use it. So tell us a little bit about the app what it does, how it works, just the basics of it so that our listeners can uh, maybe find it and try to use it. And how, how well, will it, and, and then let me know, how does the app help the pool technician? Well, I think it's a time management positive. I think it's a credibility building positive. This app is free. Uh, it doesn't have storage ability. We're, we're looking at some of those things as we speak. I don't know if we're going to jump into that or not, but we're looking at it. Um, but just the pure aptitude of understanding the interrelationship between the five factors of the saturation index is a monumental task. And I found that in years past, when I was being trained in those spaces, all I got was a day and a half of formula regurgitation, which completely glazed me over. And there was no incentive for me because I couldn't get it. Um, so I just would ignore it or not pay attention to it. So I think the biggest thing that the saturation index uh, device we have on our app, our app is so much more than just a saturation index. It's, it's the video, hundreds of videos and blogs and links and all kinds of things that go way beyond just saturation, measuring how much water's in your pool. There's all kinds of mm -hmm. things that are there at your touch, but it, it'll provide you the ability for a permanent record of what your water chemistry was and what your corrections were. It's real time and it's ability to manipulate things and to determine on the left side, what your water chemistry is on the right side, what corrected looks like. And then it tells you how to, how to dose it. Um, I think the most important factor is this is not new information. This is probably close to a hundred year old information. The reality is that it was just so cumbersome by the tools that were available to us in the industry, people skipped it. Um, I, have to water wheel. I have to agree with you on that because most of the pool operators have smartphones. And well, we, just don't have, we don't have time to fool around with things like that. I mean, if you know, people say to me at first when they start using the app, oh, you know, it takes longer. Hey. It's, it's a heck of a lot faster than, uh, and it's a lot more accurate. Than right, and, and it's, a lot, it's a lot faster than calculating it by hand. And the, it also does dosage at the same time after you, so you get water balance and dosage information within one button. And then you, you can put everything push, in. 
And then you can push those date stamped results to your computer to have a paper trail that exists. All you have to do is put the address in the column and push it into your database so that you have a permanent record of what happened. So um, most of the time when there's uh, events of litigation or other issues, you know, there's a lot of looking at records. And if you have a paper trail of date stamped uh, identified chemistries and treatment modality, you can actually dig in forensically and figure out whether that person followed those things. So there are certain principles that require, uh, for example, if you're using cyanuric acid tab based tabs like trichlor, um, you know, we know it's leaving behind roughly six parts per million for every pound of ten, for 10,000 gallons of, of water. So if, if you don't have an accounting for that, then it's going to show up. And that's one of the ways we figure out if a pool's leaking in our service business. If a pool won't hold calcium and it's not holding cyanuric acid, we know it's going somewhere. It's, it's physical, right? right? So it's being displaced somehow. It's either being splashed out or leaked. And so it's an indication of a, of a deeper problem. So if you have a cartridge filter and you've got no way of really diluting your water chemistry, that's problematic when you're using trichlor because you have no way. And, I, and this is, you know, me right. sounding off about our industry, but I think every single swimming pool in the world, if, if you follow the model aquatic health code, you know this, dilution is part of the strategy of managing water. Yep. And the fact that we have all these pools in the quote unquote uh, interest of water conservation, which is nonsense as far as I'm concerned to some extent, um, to a great extent, we have to have dilution and the accumulation of things in the water. I think every single pool that's ever constructed should have a backwash line and have the ability to take water out of the pool. And if you have a cartridge filter pool, how do you get the water out? If you right. don't have a backwash line, you don't have that ability. So you can't even follow the aquatic health code and dilution factors because you don't have the means to do it. So it's being done. Cartridge filters are being used because they're cheaper. Uh, relatively speaking, you don't have a backwash line, the line running to it and all yeah. that, the P-trap. But at the end of the day, it's an incomplete circle. We need the ability to take water out of pools without sticking it in the street or in other places that it shouldn't be or in your yard, depending on the code where you are. For example, in Austin, you don't even have a backwash line. You have to cast your water in, with, a, with a blue hose in, in the yard. Well, if you've got a salt pool, how's that going to work out? Uh, how are you going to put 3,000 parts per million salt all over your yard at the foot of your 150-year-old oak tree because salt never leaves the soil. So um, displacement is an important, you know, distinction that we, in my opinion, should upgrade in our codes and every pool should have a backwash line. They do say solution to pollution is dilution. Yes. So there's a, that saying's there for a reason and I totally yeah. agree with you. So... Why to end with, uh, how do you think Arenda has changed the pool industry? Well, I think our greatest contribution has, has been teaching people a different way, looking at their practices and deciding if what they're doing is because they've always done it that way or because there's sound reasoning for doing what they do. And I think, you know, putting the same question to ourselves as we expect our customers to, which is if we're doing something today as a company and there's a better way to do it moving forward, we'll switch. We're not going to stick with our party line because that's what we've always done. And I think that happens a lot in our industry. So the reality yeah. is that we 
we are doing things, I hope, the way we're doing things today because it's the best we know how. And I want to be a part of that, right? I, as a company and as a, as a person, that wants, that's my legacy to my family and to myself, which is, hey, if there's a better way, why don't you roll it out? Well, I want to say thank you for being on my very first episode of Let's Talk About Pools, my new podcast. I'm so thankful that you agreed to be a guest for me. And it's been so wonderful talking with you today about pools and yeah. pool chemistry. Well, you're, you're always been a positive person, Lauren. And I'll always laugh. Uh, the first time that we uh, met in person. It was in Florida, and you'd have thought I was Bon Jovi when you came up to me. It was so cute. Um, <laughs> you know, you're you're a sweet, uh, positive force in the pool industry, and I'm I'm a long way from being a, a Bon Jovi, but uh, it was sort of funny to, you know, with social media and exposure that people have to people, seeing people for what they really are as real people. Uh, your and energy, uh, you know, your energy and all your the vibe you put off to people is always a sweet thing, Lauren. Well, I like that about well, you. Well, I have to say the same thing about you because I think that you come across as not just this person at the show wearing a suit and tie that, you know, runs this, this big company that people are talking about. You come across as a real person um, like the rest of us trying to make our way in the world. And I think yeah. there's much appreciation for people like that in, your, in this industry as well. Thank you so much, Harold. I appreciate you so much for joining me today. And right, Lauren. you have a very wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm.